Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. Gentlemen, boys, and girls, welcome to episode 127A of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan Jr. It's good to be with you all again. Happy belated Halloween. I truly wish everybody had a good time. And, uh, yeah, I had a, I had a pretty good, uh, I gotta be honest, I had a pretty, pretty great week and weekend. I got, uh, those of you know, my buddy Turan Sanwith. Well, Sam man came over here for the weekend. I've been sitting on, you know, some news and I guess I can, I can mention the fact that um, so Sam Man came over with a business partner, and we're going to be putting out a drink. Okay, we're going to be doing it in the new year, hopefully in the spring. I can't really reveal much else, but I'll need. I'm going to go on, you know. <clears throat> I mean, obviously, and it's funny because I'm not trying to. What's the word? Ride the coattails of spit and chicklets. I told Biz, it's 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 funny. I'm really not trying to do that. The opportunity just came up, and I had an idea, and a buddy had an idea, and he knew someone who had an idea that wanted to get on board. So anyway, I'm just going to kind of throw that out there. I'll need some support from these listeners. And, uh, you know, I plan on traveling this a lot and really promoting it. So I'm just putting out the seed of an idea out there now so you know what's coming. That's what I'm going to be spending my spring and summer really pushing and I haven't landed on, well, we've got a drink and, and a name and everything queued up, but uh, just got to cross the T's and dot the I's, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's got to be a hell of a lot more of a, more official than this before I really start putting a push on the promos and all that, but hey, it might be coming to a town near you. I know it's going to take a lot of that, and I plan on touring it as much as I can and getting out there, and like I said, you know, the more I... The more I talked about it, I, I I often bring it up on here. 
But, uh, you know, the fact that I really, I enjoy getting out and being social. I don't so much like it online. Um, you know, it's it's really just for a lot of reasons. And I, I don't want to beat a dead horse. I talk about it on here all the time. But I do love, you know, getting out and getting to meet and greet with fans of, of the game, not only of my podcast or Chicklets or Shorzy, but of the game. And um, and of anything, you know, of I just like getting out and having a chat with some good people with uh, positive energy, and that's usually, usually, you know, the road that we go down. When 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 I say we, I should say I. I mean, Spitting Chicklets. I've done like two or three events with them that involved a Pink Whitney, but I, I'm, one has nothing to do with the other. Honestly, I've had a, a drink idea for years. I just didn't have a platform. These guys have the experience the money quite frankly and i have a little bit of a platform and uh so anyway that's where it's going to go but when i say you know when we get out there I, I i'm going to rapid city as you know in a week and a half i often go out and do these public events public speeches whatever it might be and you know i i see this as an extension of that i can't see a world where i'll promote the drink and i won't be meeting and greeting with fans live q a Whatever it might be. I mean, who knows? Maybe I have a three-on-three or a ball hockey tournament of my own. I'm not sure. The Chicklets guys are real supportive. I'll never be in that universe. And just so you guys know, I get full support from them. And, of course, we're a hockey podcast. We're cut from the same cloth. I got a lot in common with the guys from Chicklets and um, and everybody behind the scenes. So, obviously, there's going to be some crossover ideas, right? Just like there's crossover guests. But uh, but that's that. So stay tuned. I really look forward to the spring, and I look forward to when I can announce this officially in a couple of months. But uh, anyway, that'll be upcoming. Um, what do we have? Uh, I'm going to answer some questions here today. Kind of kind of let that go, haven't I? I haven't done that in a while, and maybe recommend an album or two. So we're going to start. Phil Dufresne. Sent me a message I've been meeting and getting around to. Phil says, what are your thoughts on Junior A going to the cage? Okay, first of all, I didn't know it happened. So I'm guessing Junior A everywhere, you're saying, is gone to the full cage. So I didn't know it happened. Was it inevitable? Probably. I mean, in my head, it was going to happen at some point. You're asking me as a player, I hate playing with the cage. I, I don't even like playing with the visor. I love the feeding of the... My first NHL experience, I remember just feeling so free, like just being able to take the visor off and go out there. And I I know that might sound really risky and to some people even ancient and prehistoric and barbaric. And But I enjoyed it, and I still do. Play rec hockey, I don't wear a visor. Uh, uh, <laughs> dangerous probably, especially now in the NHL. But look, I like seeing the ice. I was paid to do a job. And uh, I, I really do find with the visor even, I it starts to take some of my peripheral vision away. And with the cage, it's just all together. I feel like I can't see much of the ice at all. Would you be able to get used to it? Probably. If every single player had it on, I wouldn't have much of a problem with it, I guess, other than, you know, I just prefer visor to cage and, and no visor to visor. But I remember going back to junior, and you remember when I was playing junior in the 90s, you could kind of, put it up on your head, although they call it in the playoffs, they call your front sports some like conduct or miswearing of the gear or whatever the hell it was. But, you know, we used to shove our visor right up on our heads. But, uh, you know, if everybody has to look out of it, if everybody has a cage as a player, I'd say, okay, so, you know, we're all playing with the same playing field here. But still, if you're asking me as a player, I just prefer to, to I, I prefer nothing up there. You know, I figured it was going to come. What's going to come next is an injury. Someone's going to hurt their neck. I'm being objective here. I'm not trying to say my air is better, you know, or what era. I'm sure the people from the 1930s probably were pissed off when, you know, or they got their start in the 30s or 40s when people started wearing helmets. And I'm sure goalies thought it was, I mean, I, I can't ever see this, but it must have happened at a point that goalies didn't think they should wear a mask and the first few people that did, you know, 
goalies probably thought, what the hell are they doing? You know, they're impeding their ability to read the play or whatever. But, of course, soon enough, everybody had one. And, you know, I think that makes total sense. There is a point that we come, we become overprotected. Um, what that point is, I'm not really sure. I think it's somewhere in between these huge shoulder pads and protectors everywhere, skates that are bricks, um, you know, cage, neck guard, and everything. I think it's somewhere in between that and the way they played in the 50s and 60s, right? There's a happy medium there somewhere. And of course, I would say it's my generation, as probably everybody would. So without sounding like an old man yelling at the cloud, I'll continue my thought. I fully think it's going to go to a cage, and I think eventually that's going to spill into the NHL because right now it seems like a shock to you or me, right? Just like it seemed like a shock to anybody pre-1990 that said everybody was going to wear visors someday, and that day's coming real soon, right? Um, I think in Junior A and then eventually everywhere. Junior A, the East Coast League, these tend to be training grounds for what ends up happening in the NHL. So I think not only will there be cages, I think someone there will be neck guards because someone at some point is going to hurt their neck or someone's going to get a skate there. Something is going to happen. There's going to be a tragedy, like one out of eight billion, but it's going to be one. And we're going to go to neck guards. And then we're going to have something on the back of our legs and our back, right? Because right now, that's not protected very much, nor do I think it has to be. I would hate it. But at some point, someone's get someone's going to go down in a fight or whatever, and or, or, or just a big hit or in front of the net a scrum, and you're going to get skate over the Achilles tendon or whatever it is, and then we're going to have to have gear all back. Uh, you know, we're going to have our, our, our backs and the back of our legs protected as well. After that, there's going to be open ice hitting is going to be a question. And I fully think that we'll do, all these are going to be like it's going to take two to ten years for all this to happen. But when it becomes commonplace, you'll move on to the next thing that's safety. So open ice hits will come out. Um, and then I think after, you know, ten, maybe even I'd say two to ten, maybe even 15 years of that. But I do think at some point then hits altogether will be taken out. Then after that, it will be the obstruction with the sticks you know i mean we kind of went there there was a big change in 2004 2005 after that lockout and even now you know anything up around the hands but i think that'll be gone altogether because someone will hurt their wrist or something and then after that there'll be no slap shots uh to protect the goalies and that's really what i think and i think you might laugh at me but if you're talking to me in a hundred years from now right everything's going safety and it's we'll go and every once in a while something happens like that net around the rink you know, everybody at first was like, what are we doing? But I remember like a little girl got one in the head and went into a coma or something in Minnesota, I think, in the late 90s. Now we all got it. That one made sense. I don't even notice that at a rink. I'm like, wow, what a fucking old man. I was being a grumpy old man to complain about that But when it first came in. But it worked. Um, helmets, they work, right? I, I don't like the visor part, but you could make an argument. But uh, there's something also to be said about seeing the faces out there. And, you know, you're the NHL. I think I, you, you might laugh at what I'm going to say, but I think we got that up on football. You know, it's a sport. You really need a helmet. Okay, you need a helmet in hockey. Uh, and football, you got them. But, you know, these I always find celebrations in football is funny because you can't really tell who it is. It's like a bobblehead that you know, you, you wound up too much or whatever. Like, <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah, it's like looking at a bunch of bobbleheads, right? And they try to celebrate, and then I, that's that whole that's a whole other issue. NFL celebrations and this, you know, gaining two yards, and it's fucking third and four, and you're uh, you're out there jumping around like you just won the Super Bowl. I mean, that's its own argument. But I just mean when I look at football players. It's this game that's they're, they're just great at marketing and everything, but there's no way around it. Their helmet, you can't really see the players no matter what. I love that about hockey, that you can see the players and you can still, I mean, warm-up's one thing, wheeling around with no bucket whatsoever. And I remember Bob Goodenow was in the charge of the NHLPA when I, when I played in the league, and I remember him having a meeting with us and explaining all that, saying, you know, they kind of encouraged wearing no helmet in warm-up. It's like, well, 
you know, it's up to you guys, but we're going to allow you the freedom to do that because the fans that get to the rink early would, would love to see the personality and match a name to the face. I remember them encouraging that um, in, in warm-up, mind you. But So, and there's something to be said, right? In, in hockey, you can still, even with the visor, you can, you know, you can see what the players look like. I don't know about the cage, man. I just don't. Do you need it? Does it ever need to be mandatory? At what age do these things need to be mandatory? Right? Like junior, now you're talking 18, 19, 20. Okay. I really, really fully believe that it'll be in pro hockey at some point. It's probably in some pro hockey league somewhere right now. But, you know, at some point, you know you're going out there to play. And I might get fucking hit in the face. <laughs> I mean, you know, that was half of the appeal to me when I was a kid. Knowing that and, and risking it and going out there and, you know, someone lays a big hit, right? And you're just to be playing with the bigger or older kids, knowing I might get hit and risking that it was a bit of a rush. And if I got fucking hit, I got hit. That's the way it went. I didn't come off and say, man, I just wish I had a bigger face mask on. Oh man, I wish I had better shoulder pads. I just went out there and tried not to get hit and be on the offensive next time. Anyway, of course, yes. Old man yelling at the cloud, but uh, that's the way I think it's going to go. And with putting no opinion into it whatsoever, I'm, I'm saying that objectively. So, Phil, to answer your question, why do I think on Junior A going to the cage? I, I mean, I, I didn't even know they did. I thought some leagues were probably already there, and I think it's inevitable that eventually everybody is, okay? Um, or every, everybody does, every league goes to that. Uh, and what do I think about, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. After that, my friend, okay, Carl. Okay. So Carl's from Winnipeg. Penny Lane, keep it down. Carl's from Winnipeg and wants to know if I echo my thoughts about junior. I often talk on here about, I think the NHL season is a little bit long at 80-odd games, and I do. Um, and he's thinking, do I think the junior team? Okay, so do I think junior also has a season that's too long? Okay, so junior has a 72-game season, I think. I know college has 40-odd. College is a lot less. If I was a player, knowing the wear and tear that junior puts on your body in pro, that would probably be part of my decision if I went uh, – college it's all people ask me as well do college or major junior it's different for everybody everyone's different there's different schools different levels of scholarship different levels of prospect a whole lot of things different teams different that you different schools you can pick different teams you can go to right it's a whole lot different going to one team than another i don't want to name anywhere because there's a few shitholes out there in major junior but they've pumped out some great players and they work with what they got and and a lot of them are very successful but i know me as a player where i'd rather go and that would come into the decision a hundred percent now as far as the the seasons being too long okay so carl i know what you're referring to and once in a while i do speak on that i think football with 16 games you know it's a rough sport but They've they've done it perfectly, or 17 now. They've marketed it perfectly, and you look forward to it. It seems like they play a lot. They space them out. There's Thursday night football, Saturday night, or sorry, Sunday night football, Monday or Sunday football, Monday night football. So, and you look forward to these games, even though your team's only really playing one a week. It certainly doesn't seem like that, you know, and, and there's so many different stats to talk about because gambling's been a thing. I know other sports are catching up, but you know, you sometimes get lost in how many games there are. Like, you know, even if you're a, I don't know, an Oiler fan, you know, I got to do the Oilers games uh, for, for Got Your Back podcast. Like I talk to you guys about, uh, to, uh, talk to you guys about, check that out, by the way. Got Your Back with Ryan Rashog and Jason Strudwick. I'm doing another quick hit on there tonight after the game. But, you know, I'll often look down and uh, when are the Oilers playing? You know, oh, I got three in the next four nights. Or, you know, they're not playing for four days. You never really know. It's sporadic. Um you know, it just goes on and on. It's a hard sport to play. We're not talking about darts, right? 
So football got the 16. Uh, I, I I believe basketball has what hockey has. If it's not 80, hockey has 82, I think. If it's not 80, it's 84, or it's right around there. And then you got your you got your baseball with 162, which even though it's an easier sport, that's also my opinion, but at least easier on the body. It can be one game, but yeah, 162 games is a lot. And with baseball, I find, I think their season is too long as well. I, I don't think it'll ever go backwards though, because of the owners and the tradition and everything else, which is the same reason I don't think basketball or hockey will, but by baseball again, Easier overall in, in, in that, you know, there's probably not going to be a fight breakout. It happens. There's no hitting, and there's none in basketball either, but it gets pretty physical under that net down there. There's really, you know, there's uh, there's not a lot of situations in baseball where players even, you know, other than running the bases, unless something crazy happens, a fly ball behind the third base coach or whatever it might be, an accident, there's not a whole lot of, confrontations in baseball but what there is 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 running and, and and moving in spurts so you could be on first base and you know as ready as you want but you're standing still someone you know you're leaning off someone gets a hit you know when it's going to be there's an at bat 10 pitches one of them boom you're you got to hustle it to second third or home you might get caught in a rundown whatever it might be you know, you often, or if you're at bat even, you know, you're swinging at a pitch. You're completely, completely sedentary. You're you're standing there. You're ready for the pitch, but you're swinging with your arms and your legs. And now all of a sudden you hit the ball somewhere. Unless it's a home run, you got to go into fucking full speed right away, right? So there's a lot of, and, and that from zero to boom, 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 like from zero to like a hundred, that often pulls groins and whatnot. That's why I, I really believe that's why you see a lot of these guys getting injured in baseball so much um, is that they're training so hard. But I think there's a lot to be said and a lot left to learn about, you know, going from zero to 100% so quick or else they wouldn't get injured. Like I often say, these guys, Giancarlo Stanton is the best example on the fucking Yankees. And this year, he's he got hurt swinging and then throwing. I mean, come on, right? You, yeah, and he's built like a Greek god. So there has to be a reason. So that part of the training, I'm sure they have down fast twitch muscles, whatever it might be. But there's something to be said for every other part of the game that these guys are getting injured. They're built. Mike Trout is always injured. Fuck, look at him. He's an MVP walking around waiting to happen. Right? He's he's phenomenal athlete. athlete uh, in fantastic shape the, the you know a, a lot of these guys and you know <laughs> i could go on and on with examples and it, it, it maybe there's an easier answer i really don't know i'm just a hockey player with a podcast but these guys seem to get injured a lot at least as much if not more than players from the past Tell me why. Look at Phil Kessel. I mean, I don't know. People laugh at him because he doesn't work out. He does ride the bike. He must. He's in shape, right? I mean, he's human. Now, I don't know. There's the guy that just broke the Ironman. Keith Yandel, same thing. I mean, I don't know Keith Yandel, but I hear, you know, he played. He, he worked. He trained. I don't know if he was, you know, out there cut like, an Adonis or anything like that. I don't want to speak for Keith, actually. I just, you know, I hear spitting chickles. I hear them talking. But, you know, guys that I don't think you you generally need to be this, you know, this guy who's ripped and shredded um, to go out there and, and, and succeed at your sport, depending what your sport is. You know, there's a lot of physical demands on the body with hockey and with baseball and with basketball, I guess, with all four of them, with football, but... There is a point you can overtrain. If you're a hockey player and, you know, you might look great, but any, I think, sane trainer with half a resume in today's game will tell you that they're, you don't want to overtrain. You know, you want to do that in the summer, train and get yourself to a point. The hockey season basically is about not falling off that plateau. Am I wrong? Maybe I'm wrong. But to me, it doesn't make sense to play three and four games in a week and be out there doing squats, you know, sets of 10, eight, six, 
you know, it was basically circuit training in the winter to stay sharp for us when we played. And although the training might be a little bit more specific now, I think it's the same sort of schedule. I think these guys are on the same sort of regimen, you know, like get in here, let's stay on top of everything, keep our cardio up, depending on how much you play, right? A guy like, I don't know, I just mentioned the Oilers, so a guy like McDavid or Dreisaitl, of course, are going to get all kinds of time, Bouchard and um, Nurse, whatever, whoever you are. But if you, you know, you're going to come off a game after playing 25 hard minutes, you know, at that point, you know, let's not work too hard at all, boys. It's about replenishing, uh, getting your fuel back up, especially if you have a game the next day, right? I mean, I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole here. I'm talking about this training and overtraining. I still think it's a judgment call. It depends on the player, um, and it depends on the situation. But either way, yes, I think that the seasons are too long. But tradition is based on it now. Junior teams, college teams, NHL teams, they're, they're set in their schedule. They make a certain amount of money. I don't think it's going to go backwards unless you want the tickets to double, basically. Could that happen? Possibly. I mean, what would that mean? Going to a Toronto Maple Leafs game and paying $600 or $700 just to get a seat? Probably. I don't think that's going to happen. Players aren't really complaining much anymore. It's just an observation that I make. But for the physical demands of hockey... Again, I'll stress the fact that we're carrying a weapon. Other people aren't. Other sports aren't for the most part. Um, you know, we're allowed to hit. We're skating. We're skating fast. You know, we're not running. Um, and there's boards. There's no out of bounds. You can't just jump out of bounds like football or, or, or just take a knee or slide and the play's over. You know, you're, you're out there. The puck comes to you. You got the puck. Then you're allowed to get hit. And if I hit you, then I'm going to hit you into a boards that don't even move anymore. They used to swing a little bit. They used to have some give. Now they have none, right? It's like getting getting hit by the player is bad enough. But then, you know, on the other end, hitting a concrete wall for the most part, like the boards in the glass now, that's double whammy, right? So no wonder there's these injuries. Uh, at some point, like I said, I think the ice will have to get bigger Something's going to have to happen. The players are getting bigger. The game's faster. You run out of room. There seems to be more concussions now than there was back in the day. Why? You tell me. I don't know. Now, are there more reported? Sure. But I had a post-concussion syndrome, and I'm telling you, it could have been 1970. No one was playing with what I had. Nobody. There might be overall more reported now, and back then, you know, people were trying to be tough and not reporting. I get it to some degree, but I know what I played with. And I had tried to go through, and there was nobody skating around. I mean, I was dizzy. I had vertigo. I couldn't, for part of each day, I couldn't see straight. Lights hurt my eyes, everything else. So, of course, we're getting off topic again. But it's all to do with the length of these seasons. And, yeah, I, uh, you know, to finish my fucking thought, I keep rambling. But uh, what I was saying earlier, you know, you got the weapon. You can't go out of bounds, Okay. Um, you've got eight, is it? At least eight, if not 10 exhibition games after camp, after camp. So you got your, your exhibition games, eight to 10, then you got your regular season, 82 games. So now you're at 90, 90 plus games. If you get knocked out in the first round, you've played a hundred and you haven't had a successful season, I guess, depending on what team you were, but you win the Stanley cup. Okay. You've played. North of 110 games, okay? You've played from September all the way till June. And you've played that, you put that much of a demand on your body. Now, I guess if players are going to take it, then as I did, as the next person will, you know, you don't see a prospect getting drafted and going, you know what, guys, I think we're playing, I think the league, we're playing too many games. I don't think it'll ever go backwards, but I do. I think all those reasons, people say, oh, cut it down to 60. I'd say cut it in two. I think you'd be good there. And if I was a hockey player, I'd start. To, I think it'd be a lot easier to get up for games. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. 
New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Do you think that Shesterkin's the favorite to win the Vesna? I don't know. I like the plus 500 on Andre Vasilevsky. There's also a Battle of Alberta coming up next weekend. How many points does Connor McDavid end up with? Who gets the win? What's the final score? These are all things you can bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I gotta be honest, there's games in the middle of the year. There's games, man, because at the beginning of the year and the end of the year, I was always generally excited. Even if I was on a shit team, a couple of shit teams I played on that we didn't make the playoffs, one year, one year in Freddy, sorry. Um, and then you're still pumped it's the end of the year, though, because you're either getting called up to the NHL, which happened, uh, or your season's one year. Yeah, the Habs were out as well. So your season's over, so you get to go home. So either way, and the weather's getting nicer. Oh, I love playoff time, not just because playoffs, but, you know, it's the end of the year one way or the other. It's the end of a long year when you're playing pro hockey, even in junior. And, uh, you know, it stings. You always, you're a hockey player. You want to win, man. You want to win. But it's an easy, at the end of the year, the stings a lot slighter to me than the beginning. The beginning of the year, just everything seems shitty. November. You're on a slump or something, which always happens. But I don't know. Say the Leafs started. People say they're in a slump, whether they're like four, four and one, right? Like they're not really that. Although they're playing like shit, yes, against some bad teams, and I don't think they look good. But it's not that bad. Like that happens during the year at some point. And honestly, those November, early December, December has a little bit of a kick to it because Christmas is happening, and that's fun no matter where you are. At least positive. But, you know, January, you know, you, there's some doom and gloom dates on the schedule. And if you're having a bad day, it just fucking sucks. The worst, uh, if the NHL, at least you're in the NHL. I remember, like, sitting out and people going, oh, man, like, you're sitting out. You're here in Pittsburgh. It's snowy. You're going back to play in Montreal. The weather sucks. You guys are slumping. You know you're not going to play. I'll be like, fuck that. Who cares? I'm in the NHL. I don't give a shit. What are you talking about? I didn't even, none of that mattered whatsoever. I was in the NHL. Uh, the minors, it, to me, honestly, it was even great to wear the Habs jersey. I always felt like I was in the NHL and the minors. Fredericton Canadians, we got to use their jerseys. It wasn't like we were the, you know, the Hoboken paper kings or some shit. So I often say, like, when I played in Montreal, and even in the minors, it felt like a 50-man team. It really did. And whether they played us a lot or not, they made sure to get most of the prospects up, at least practice for a little bit, play at least a game. And towards the end of the, end of the year, they would call us up, a bunch of us, you know, to, so we'd feel like part of it. So, they, you know, they were good that way. But still, it got monotonous, man, going into, like, I remember, like, being in Wooster, Lowell, Albany. Jesus, three games in three nights, 1988 or 89. And, oh, fuck, just shoot me now, fucking... Sean Gagnon was going for the penalty minute record. I remember that. Oh, that was uh, fucking Springfield. Falcons, also part of that division. Man, and the A back then, it didn't go all the way out to Salt Lake and Houston and all these places, man. It wasn't. It was just bus everywhere. Uh, we, we would fly once in a while to Montreal. I think we played. That's another reason it felt like one big organization. We played a lot of home games right out of the uh, Molson Center. It was called the Molson Center then. Um, it was uh, awesome, right? Getting to wear that Habs jersey. And a lot of the other teams, our, our arch rival was the St. John's Maple Leafs, where I'd play two years later. Which you know, sort of had a it had a Habs Leafs rivalry even in the minors. Those were great days, but yeah, man, too many games. Uh, it, it was tough not to get up for a game if you're fucking wearing the fucking CH. You know what I mean? But I don't give a fuck who you are. Anytime you're just playing the 
21st game of an 82 game schedule. You got a pulled groin, a fucking black eye from being in a fight the night before. Your right hand hurts. You're fucking, you know, you're, you're feeling the beginnings of arthritis, even though you're young, but you fucking twisted your knee so many times and had surgery on your ankle that every, every time it's cold out already, you're starting to get fucking arthritis and pain. And you know what? It'd be great, but we got to play Philadelphia tonight with Steve McLaren, Frank the Animal by Lois, fucking Frankie Belanger, Jesse Bolleris, Ryan Bast. Go down the fucking list. And then tomorrow we got fucking, yeah, Springfield with Sean Gagnon. Just re- and, and he's v- verbally telling everybody he's trying to set the penalty minute record before the puck drops. Great. You know, you see what I mean? People are like, oh, you get to do what you love for a living. Yes, you do. But I'm telling you right now, a bad day in pro hockey is worse than your fucking worst day at the photocopier. I tell you that. I'm serious. Then have fucking your coach, in my case, Mike Terrian, come down stinking of booze and cigarettes and breathe in your fucking air. You better do something or I'm sending you down, you fucking punk. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To the ECHL back then, which was fucking pro hockey graveyard. Now all kinds of guys get up and down. Back then, fuck. Not as much on camera. Not as many people. I get it. We went way too far one way. You got to be able to take criticism. But, you know, go fuck yourself, you little punk, to a first rounder and then tapping him to go out and get three fights in a fucking one game against Philly. No shit. <laughs> that was old school, man. Now, did it make me stronger? Yes. Am I complaining? Certainly not. I complain about some things with Michelle Terrian, but all that shit happened. I'm just saying, man, you had to be a fucking man to come through. You had to be, so to speak, because I'm sure that female hockey is the same sort of bullshit. You had to be a woman, you know what I mean, as, as opposed to a girl. You had to be a man as opposed to a boy back then. Fuck. And funny enough, man, you know what? If it was some sport like tennis or some shit, it would probably kill you. But I, I actually miss that. I'd actually take that because I, I would love it. An only child? I was used to going through things on my own. But I'd, I'd love it because the boys are my brothers. Some guys would get on the bus and like go into a funk or like just curl up. And I had to be honest, back then it was mostly the college guys. That's another thing. I think that's changed a little bit. But most of the college guys didn't have like it shocked them a little bit more to play pro because, you know, you were coming from junior when, you know, we were boozing in junior. Like, you know, it was old school. All those fights, people were screwing with no condoms you know I, it was a different it was different yeah it was a different time it was uh it, it might sound crazy and i hope it doesn't turn anybody off from going to play but that was just it, it, it that wasn't like part of the culture people like say oh drinking and fucking it was all part of the culture not really when i got to the rink we didn't really talk about that but you know, after the rink, you're still a bunch of guys. I'm talking about junior now. I, you're still a bunch of guys, and there's going to be parties. And I just mean in general. If I was at home, you know, I, I wouldn't think twice about going out with my buddies, getting a half case, going down, sitting in fucking in the woods somewhere. I don't know. I'd have a dart. That's terrible to do. I would never. But back then, yeah, man, I tried smoking, drinking out with my buddies as a teenager you know, junior age, screwing, no one would talk about condoms or anything. I mean, it was ridiculous. We, we wouldn't. And some guys paid the price. I just mean in general, that wasn't the hockey culture. It was just the culture of when I grew up. There was just less safety. And you had more, I guess, growing up to do by, by extension. You know, now a lot of this meet and greets with women or or, you know, a lot of these, I say women, but guys whatever you're fucking into uh but um you know for me i remember having to work up the courage man to go down and ask yeah it was uh i won't say who i don't want to embarrass her but her name was kim and uh, i asked her uh, she was in my grade seven in grade six i remember just getting a peck on the cheek but grade seven i went down and our lockers were in our class and i went back during the recess and I just opened like she had one close to the wall 
and I opened up my locker, which was like two away from hers. Brian Murphy, I'll never forget, was in the middle, and he was off doing some shit. There was a recess. So she went to her locker. I opened mine, and I had kind of had her cornered in the wall. I mean, I guess it would be very <laughs> – I don't want to say me too. I'm laughing. Like, we were in grade fucking six, but I did kind of corner her. I think she wanted to be cornered. <laughs> we were just kind of waiting, but – I cornered her, and I, I was so nervous. And I remember thinking about giving her a flower. I didn't. That that would have been cheesy even for that era. But I was like, Kim, um, yeah, we're uh, there's going to be a dance, and they're playing Guns N' Roses. I said those words, and they're going to be playing Guns N' Roses. And I'm just wondering uh, you know, if you'd like to come with me. Now, come with me meant that me, Mike Ralph, Paul Carey, Jimmy Elward, Mike Byrne and Sean Pollard were probably going to go as a group and we're going to run into you guys as a group. Uh, Kim and Julie and Jillian and Leona and whoever I could go down the list. But I remember this like it was yesterday. And, uh, you know, that's the way it worked. And I remember coming home and being so happy that I had the balls to ask out a girl. And, you know, all we all that really meant, like I said, was swing by their house, pick them all up individually as a group and then go to the concert together, or it was a dance at Mary Queen of the World School, and put all the, get there early, help get all the lunch tables folded up and out of the way, and then sure enough, the concert, we wanted to hear Guns N' Roses, that opened with Sweet Child of Mine, and ended with November Rain. And uh, I'm actually going to send this to, to all my old pals, see if they remember that as well as I do. But... Even that's kind of gone, right? Tyson, uh, BJ's son that I raised, uh, he, I remember him coming through. That would have been 11 or 12 years ago. He was 11 or 12 years old. Penny Lane's age now, I mean. And, you know, like, you know, there was girl, but it was, it was a lot of online stuff. Like, I remember Tyson, actually, Tyson and a few of his friends getting to the rink, and I remember them talking and asking me, you know, because they, they were got sexts or or they were you know i guess for their group they were texting each other like naked body parts before they even approached i can't imagine doing that to kim i can't imagine oh my god i i would have been well it's crazy but yeah we, that that's when you would have been arrested are you kidding me yeah here kim here's a picture of my balls uh do you want to go to the fucking dance on thursday holy shit it would have been insane. But now there's so much online stuff that almost that comes first and people are seeing porn and think of porn, how terrible a lot of that fucking crazy a lot of that shit is. What we've done with the the act of lovemaking has turned into a fucking gong show for the most part online. And they're seeing that first. Again, I remember seeing it at a peewee tournament in Alliston, Ontario. My billet, and it was like one videotape, and we were jaw dropped. We couldn't fucking believe what we were seeing. Well, you know, all that I guess comes first now, and that was after the incident of the dance, by the way. So literally, when I asked my first, the first girl in my life out, to like on any level, that it was like again, it wasn't a, it was a kiss on the cheek at first, and then it was like a kiss on the lips. There was no open mouth kissing whatsoever that came later. Again, very, I don't know what the word is. I don't want to say sheltered, but we were very naive kids. And um, or maybe it was that era. We were fist fighting and shit. People were smoking. There was all that, right? There was no one really, there was no safety guard. There was a lot of things were different. But when it comes, when it came to like meeting and women and all that, for me, um, it was a slower process. But anyway, um, how did I fucking get there from the question? I guess safety in hockey. I guess we're getting a little bit more protected of a society. Is that what I was trying to say? Um, if nothing else, I was trying to say that shit changed and shit changes and it always will. Maybe I am the old man yelling at the cloud now, but I certainly didn't mind growing up that way. I hope these these uh, minor frustrations as a kid aren't interpreted as complaints because they're certainly not. I had a fucking fantastic childhood. Even going to BC and I had to go through that. It was homesick and everything. And, you know, it wasn't easy to play with men on my team. 
when I was 14. It wasn't easy to take fucking hits from those big guys and fight and all that shit and, you know, go through life way less protected. It wasn't easy, but I wouldn't trade it. You know, whoever you're listening to here today, that's that's what happened. Like, if it's math, all those things added up. And here we are on November 1st, 2022, and this is the result. So all of that, you know, it's all a result of going through all that. And I'm happy with who I am. People are tuning in. You must at least be amused probably don't agree with a lot of my life decisions, but you must be amused. So if nothing else, consider all of it for your amusement. I sit here today as you're listening to my words reverberate somewhere in the world, wherever the hell you are, then be thankful that I went through all that shit. Be thankful I asked Kim to go out by her locker way back at around this time. Honestly, it was around this time what would it have been? About 1988. 88. Grade 6. At, uh, no, grade 7, sorry. At Mary Queen of the World. I skipped a grade. Great kindergarten here, right? So I wasn't a genius or anything. I, I skipped kindergarten. So, but point being, it was grade 7, but I was, yeah, I, I would have been 10, I guess. But uh, turning 11, it was... Growing up in Mount Pearl, Newfoundland, I don't know what you guys think because I talk about it subconsciously. I try to give you an honest opinion. And I, th I think most people know that I'm proud to be from Newfoundland in general. But Mount Pearl, even though they didn't vote me in twice, I went for city council. They didn't support me at all. This time I came 12th out of 13. The first time, which was like, what well, was like, it was five years ago now. because. So five years ago and last year, five years ago, at least I came eighth. This time I came 12th out of 13. Think about that. So, and I'd done a lot more like Shorzy didn't quite happen yet, but I'd been chicklets. I'd been more in the public eye. My book sold a lot more. I did things, everything I did. I felt, you know, charity events. I thought they were nice things, but whatever it did, the public awareness, at least in Mount Pearl, went I guess the awareness probably increased but the approval probably decreased now that being said it's water off a duck's back I got 2,500 votes so that means there's 2,500 people in Mount Pearl that went out of their way to vote for me and that's what I take from that I don't expect everybody to vote for me, especially if they don't know me, if they just hear about me, if they just hear stories. You could pick three stories from either book, and even I would think this guy, what the fuck? I would think they're alienating, they're polarizing. But as a whole, I believe 2,500 people, just, just barely more than that, voted for me and had confidence in me to help run their little city of 40,000 people. And for that, I'm grateful. I regret nothing. Will I run again? I don't know. I doubt it. Not because I'm sour at Mount Pearl. It's easy to do that, right? It's easy to hold a grudge. Fuck them if they don't vote for me. Now, I can see people. I can see if you're an old fucking 70-year-old lady, you would think I was some kind of antichrist. If you were born in fucking 1940 or some shit, right? And you're just, even if you saw like one... If you saw like three minutes of spit and chicklets, you, you probably had enough. One lady said, you know, I, I think you're a nice guy now that you knocked on my door, but I just can't pass, get past the hockey fighting. You can't get past the hockey fighting. Just the decision to drop your gloves and get into a hockey fight was enough to turn one voter off. But we're not here to talk about votes. We're here to talk about hockey. We're here to talk about new beginnings, positive energy, and we're here to talk about... Rapid City, South Dakota. I'll be there November 10th to the 12th. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to go see the bar while Bill Hickok was shot in. Aces over eights, dead man's hand. I'm going to go see Mount Rushmore. I'm going to see Deadwood. I'm going to see the Black Hills of South Dakota. And more importantly, I'm going to see the Rapid City Rush. I'm going to see them play a home game, do lots of Q&A. So if you're in the area, 
Check it out. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to have Maggie Connors here in a couple days. Good Newfoundland female hockey player that plays at Princeton is knocking the ball out of the park, so to speak. I guess knocking the puck into the mesh, you would say. What is the equivalent saying in hockey? And uh, Maggie's also started playing on Team Canada Developmental. Hopefully that leads to a lot more. She wore the A this summer. So she's wearing the national colors now. We'll catch up with her again. And we'll also have Brad Lukowicz from the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and Dallas Stars, as well as other NHL teams. Brad's got Stanley Cups with those teams. We'll have him on as well. I don't know which order. I got to get a hold of Maggie and Brad, respectively, after we after we uh, go off air today. But uh, regardless, we're going to have a good guest. Thanks a lot for tuning in. If you're going to go downtown St. John's, why the hell not? Check out Wedgwood Cafe. Check out Merchant Tavern. Check out Blue and Water. That's where I like to get my meals, like to have a drink. If I'm going to just go to George Street, I like to go to TJ's Pub. I like to go to Trinity Pub. Green Sleeves, the Bull and Barrel, and, of course, the Rob Roy. Those are the places I like to get. My drinks, if you are in town and you're looking at working out, you want to work out, you're a hockey player, you're a prospect, and you figure, I want to maximize my potential. You figure, you know what, I'm going through a midlife crisis, and it doesn't make sense. I'm dieting. But I need to do more. I need to get out there. I need to commit. I need to look down. I need to grab my life by the balls. And I need to start fucking working. I got to put in the time. Okay? Here I am. I've said I'm going to do this for years. Let's not wait till New Year's and make a resolution. Let's go right fucking now. Well, if you've got that attitude and you live in or around the St. John's or Clarenville area, you go to Ryan Power Power Conditioning for your strength, movement, and balance. Body and mind. Power Conditioning. Check it out. True Hockey, take what's yours. Other than that, this has been episode 127A of Tales with TR. I will be back in two days from now with Maggie Connors or Brad Lukowicz. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you on the rebound.